Well, today we're talking about uh, Apple's acquiring of XNOR.AI. <clears throat> this was an important move for Apple as it attempts to uh, acquire a startup company. It seems like uh, if you look at the number of startups that Apple's acquiring, it leads the pack um, for uh, acquiring AI startups. So definitely AI is a part of Apple's strategic long-term planning. And uh, the, with that, uh, um, the question is, is why would they have purchased this startup company for $200 million? And the reason is the uh, particular profile that uh, the company uh, XNOR uh, has, which is of low energy AI. So what they did is they worked with a group of um, machine learning data scientists and uh, they moved the machine learning algorithms to hardware and uh, then uh, using uh, low energy uh, circuitry were able to connect it to a solar power source. So the machine learning algorithm that they were specializing in was uh, uh, CNN networks, which are very good for recognizing imaging. So they were able to do multi-object, uh, uh, multiple object character or image recognition. And uh, that was an exciting field because now you can uh, put low-energy low chips uh, on devices, uh, IoT devices, and they have the ability to recognize objects. <clears throat> um, so that, again, it shows that Apple is, is uh, taking serious the AI trends and deep learning, and uh, um, it is tempting to, to utilize these technology for um, long-term long -term strategic reasons. Now, there was some talk on GeekWire that possibly XNOR would um, use, or Apple would use the XNOR's uh, technology to do image recognition on the iPhones. And, uh, it, 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 uh, so reducing the amount of electricity draw on the iPhone battery. And so they could do things like uh, webcams um, and that are running off the iPhone. That was one of the ideas for w their reasoning for why Apple purchased uh, the startup company. Um says the three years old startups has to do with AI on the edge. And see, to me, that's the, the thing that where artificial intelligence really has been weak is on the edge because um, the CEO for XNOR said that um, one of the goals that high tech is trying to accomplish is redu reduction of the carbon footprint. And so that means moving 
the AI machine learning algorithms away from the cloud data centers uh, further to the edge on devices that are lower power and lower computational capabilities, uh, but capable of, of doing uh, advanced artificial intelligence tasks. So by re reducing, moving the uh, artificial intelligence to the edge, then they're able to scale the, um, the amount of recognition, image recognition possible. So that was kind of the trend. Uh, it says that they also developed a self-service platform and made it possible for software developers, even those who aren't skilled in AI, to drop AI-centric code and data libraries into device-centric apps. And that's the area that seems pretty exciting to me is that uh, now you have a chip that has AI capability. You don't have to spend $3,000 for a Intel um, OpenCV hardware-enabled device. You could uh, put a chip. Uh, it has a connect it to a um, low-cost camera and um, write uh, different uh, code either in Java or JavaScript or, or C-sharp or C++ and, uh, and control that device, that IoT device. So by enabling the, uh, providing the API and also the hardware and that can be plugged in as a component um, to other devices, then you have greatly widened the application capability of IoT. So the IoT devices become smarter. And so that's where in the area that I, I think that IoT really is weak on at this point, the Verizon and some of the other bigger companies haven't addressed, is how do you talk or to... Um, to the these uh, devices. So let's say even if you had an IoT coffee pot, uh, you can't talk to it. There's a, a limited uh, interface that currently exists. Um, it's possible probably that there are some that are maybe Wi-Fi enabled where you could turn it on or off <clears throat> through your iPhone or other smart device. But uh, as far as uh, being able to give a voice command or even for it to return a conversation to tell you diagnostics or or tell you problems with uh, the device, it doesn't have that capability. Um, so it would seem like, <clears throat> let's say that we could go take the uh, XNOR product a step further, which would be uh, if it could use natural language processing as part of its uh, chipset, uh, which would entail it capable of storing uh, words or uh, semantic networks on a database on the device. So let's say if you had a nine gigabyte um, uh, memory storage on the device, so very cheap, um, and then you also have the hardware where it could talk to the database and retrieve words. <clears throat> then you could you could use a um, microphone 
low-cost microphone to recognize words, the machine learning would run the algorithm to recognize the word, and then it would build, um, it, it would start to vectorize those words in, uh, using its uh, localized database, <clears throat> and uh, and then using reoccurring neural neural nets, begin to group the words into specific words that it should pay attention to. And so that, that would be part of the encoding process. Um, so words are sequential in a statement and certain parts of speech uh, tell you the actions that <clears throat> you want to follow on that sentence. Uh, and then by vectorizing those words, you can find correlations to other words that mean the same thing. Uh, and And through that then, that becomes the words that are are to be paid attention to, and that's part of the decoding process. And so using this uh, summarization process of encoding decoding, uh, the machine then can tell you at a contextual level what is going wrong. For example, on the a coffee machine, it might be that the coffee filter needs to be replaced. So uh, rather than giving you an error code, which you may not understand, uh, it can it can uh, take the inputs that it's receiving from the device and then translate that or decode that into natural language that we can understand into a conversation. And it can say, you know, uh, maybe you don't have the the filter in correctly. It could it could reply. The filter is not uh, in the machine correctly. Uh, please take it out and and uh, tr uh, try to insert it in correctly. So that's a good example of a conversation that the AI can have. So AI conversations are going to be critical to IoT devices because uh, it's you have to assume that the person is not going to be technical that wants to interact with the device on the edge. And so for that reason, natural language, pro natural language processing has to be, uh, be possible on devices at the edge. Uh, I, and, and the popular one is the CNN networks for image recognition uh, because of the practical application. So for example, some of the areas where industry has used uh, image recognition is shelf life. So they're looking at products uh, one of the big problems with the shelf life is the expiration dates or time that the product stays on the shelf um, where you with using machine learning and uh, image recognition you can identify which object which objects have been on the shelf too long and have them removed uh, automatically or by uh, some sort of inventory list that's being circulated by the staff to remove those items. Another area is uh, quality control. Uh, one of the first areas were, that they applied vision to was looking at uh, welds and um, analyzing for defects in the weld. Another area was identifying fruit that was damaged, uh, removing that fruit. And some of the scans were from one, one perspective, a flat scan, 
Others were done with a three-dimensional scan from where the camera could be on the move and it could get various uh, uh, images of the object from different angles. And uh, those, those type of technologies then were valuable to industry because it helped reduce defect and waste. And when you reduce the defect and waste, then you increase the quality and, uh, and reduce the cost that the company is paying in operation costs uh, due to return goods or uh, dissatisfied customers. So uh, another area that they used uh, image recognition with was for wood, uh, looking at wood planks to see if there was uh, knots in the wood and identifying those uh, products or pieces as being defective and removing them out. Um, now when, when you're looking at <clears throat> reducing the cost of the chip with a, the image recognition chip and making it mobile and solar, uh, then the, the, the next component is to make sure that it's Wi-Fi enabled so that it can transmit uh, as an IoT device to the centralized server for da data collection and data decision. Because you don't want the IoT devices to be making uh, complex decisions. They just they should do menial tasks. Uh, well, they should recognize different objects. They should report those objects back to the server, and the server then, uh, using its rule-based algorithms, will make automated decisions and then transmit that information back to the IoT device for action. Um, but it is possible that as the machines become more intelligent, that, uh, that the IoT devices will be programmed with neural, uh, neural chips and the rules uh, like the forestry rules um, that are running the decisions can be embedded in those chips as hardware rules and uh, they can make decisions on the edge uh, based on what they're seeing or what they're hearing and, uh, and they would then take specific actions then offloading the, the task of figuring that out on the server. And so uh, scalability would be better uh, the disadvantage would be that the firmware would have to be constantly be upgraded on the IoT devices. Uh, so you could have older firmware and new firmware. Uh, and then the hardware uh, would have to be periodically replaced, uh, increasing the capability of those IoT edge devices. Um. So you know, Microsoft is now becoming one of the largest uh, cloud providers in the world. It has the largest market share. And uh, <clears throat> that's what a, one of the weaknesses that I've seen with Microsoft technology is that they have not um, identified AI on the edge. Uh, whereas we've seen with <clears throat> Apple that they are um, very interested in hardware on the edge. They have um, automated home, the home kit. Home kit runs lights. Um, it can run your heating, uh, and it can also handle security. And uh, and it through centralized uh, hardware devices, which you buy, 
Um, it could communicate with the internet and through the internet servers communicate with your device. <clears throat> uh, now when we look at corporations where they're needing to put more uh, IoT devices and invest more in the collection of real-time data into data lakes, um, the collection of data into data lakes has not necessarily been useful because only less than 25% of the companies are analyzing the data collected in the data lake and interpreting um, that data and, and making decisions based on data that is gathered in real time. So there, um, there is a challenge in that there isn't enough data scientists to meet the demands of the growth. And so uh, there will be a trend for more automated decisioning uh, decisions being done on the edge through AI devices. And so XNOR um, is an exciting acquisition by Apple because it does increase edge computing capabilities. So if I were to make a prediction uh, of which company would benefit the most from edge computing, I would say Apple at this time. Um, one of the weaknesses I see with Microsoft is that it does have uh, Windows um, programs that will run on the Raspberry Pi, and then you could run the Raspberry Pi against the Adreno, Adreno system, and then that system can communicate with hardware on your IoT, and the IoT then can uh, perform different tasks uh, digitally that is being transmitted to actuators or to uh, motors or um, power inverters and things like that on the hardware side to do certain actions. But those, those, uh, the, the, that software scheme is expensive. The APIs, um, you can program that inside of Visual Studio, but it, uh, the licensing is uh, expensive. Windows programming for IoT uh, costs per device. Where Apple seems to be a little bit cheaper, um, they do have lots of devices like iBeam uh, for detecting and collecting data, which uh, can be interfaced through uh, Xcode and then can be uh, run uh, on a device or um, you can run Swift code on the server and that server code can be commit. Uh, communicating with the device. Um, it says that GeekWire said that the XNOR acquisition points to Seattle's rising role as a hotspot for innovations and in artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, and there is a lot of AI being developed in that area. The other area that's somewhat interesting about um, technology is using convolution networks. And it makes me wonder when we are talking about low energy devices that are capable of recognizing objects, if that it, instead of thinking of them as IoT edge device, 
um, components, what if they became more mainstream for uh, automobiles or anything that requires uh, image recognition and real-time processing? So, for example, right now you cannot put an IoT device in your car and while you're driving, have it recognize um, when there's behaviors that may be uh, dangerous. For example, if you came to an intersection and there was a car that uh, made a left-hand turn in front of you, um, you may not have time to react to that if uh, you were just trying to recognize what action was occurring. But the machine could recognize the behavior in um, in a milliseconds, whereas it could take you full seconds to three or four seconds to actually recognize what's happening. So that added advantage of the mobile eye could give you the alert warning that some behavior is occurring before it happens. Um, and so that becomes the area of predictability. Um, and future predictability. And so the um, Shriva Pinsky algorithms where they detected eight cycles into the future what uh, with 100% accuracy of the flame height uh, may be able to indicate that a driver is going to do a behavior that could be threatening to you beforehand, um, maybe several seconds beforehand that it actually occurs. Maybe the machine could see uh, tension in the person's eyes, intent uh, to go through an intersection, um, things of that nature, where you know we don't see that until we recognize it, where it could be trained in the deep learning for these patterns and for future prediction. So that gives it that added advantage is its ability to see the future, which is something that we probably don't think that machines are capable of at this point. But yet there are algorithms that are proving that uh, using chaos theory, that machines can see into the future and predict beforehand events that occur with a certain degree of probability. And so for that reason, it would be false to say that machines cannot see the future. Um, the degree, the, it's the basis of the degree of the future is what we're talking about. So the, the extent of this could be in areas of um, uh, Cloud, cloud prediction, uh, weather prediction, whether or not a hurricane is going to form, tornadoes are going to form, uh, whether it's going to rain, things like you could predict uh, whether the stock market's going to crash, uh, maybe even in the uh, profits and losses of a particular stock item, stock market item, and uh, also predictions on uh, human behavior. So in one case that I saw, they were predicting whether or not an actor would kiss another actress. And uh, the machine recognized 
uh, several seconds before the actual act occurred that the actor would do uh, perform a kiss. And so they were able to see that the behaviors or the proximity of the person to the other person, uh, the, that the actor was going to kiss the other actor. And so uh, the, there's very subtle features that the machine learning, deep learning can pick up on signal. And then once that signal uh, is available, then uh, it can transmit that signal to um, devices and then behaviors can occur. So the area that <clears throat> um, areas that AI can affect are phones, uh, embedded sensors, things like heat sensors, um, light sensors, motion sensors, um, cameras, and, and uh, then these smart devices, by removing AI to the edge, um, you greatly reduce the costs for implementing AI in uh, these edge components. So they don't have to be connected to expensive, expensive AI services that are running on the cloud uh, where you have to pay for uh, cycle time on the cloud. So it is considered a, a very big breakthrough. Um, one of the points that they br bring up is they used uh, clever native math uh, for the, the vision and speech recognition. So the technology works. <clears throat> and uh, just like the Tesla vehicle with the FSD chip, they used 8-bit um, uh, integers to do their computations. And because they were able to use um, this level of math to do their convolution neural nets, they were able to process, the GPU was able to process um, using two chips, 144 teraflops per second. Enough computational power to process two, over 2,000 frames per second of data. Um, and so CNNs are, are especially good for recognizing images. Uh, very fast. They use vector analysis to recognize the images using matrices, and then that those matrices can be encoded and decoded uh, to to recognize specific images. Okay, so that's kind of the exciting news um, for AI on the edge. Um, and we'll just have to see, you know, what type of um, products and components emerge from this by Apple, whether they're going to keep that uh, technology for mo mainly for the camera on the iPhone, or if uh, Apple will begin expanding aggressively into IoT. And it's interesting because um, big companies like Verizon have announced that uh, IoT would be a $19 trillion business. And so um, everything that is a component electronically 
technically that could that has some interaction with human beings becomes a candidate for AI um, image and voice interaction.